Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose. I'm going to try to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations. I'm going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and go and fulfill that purpose? So today is going to be another episode of the Purpose Book Club. We are going over Leadership Strategy and Tactics by Jocko Willink. Absolutely love this book. Uh, As you all know, I think it is the best book pound for pound. I don't think that you can really get any better as far as the words that you read versus the information that you get out of this book. I don't care if you think that you don't have time to read or that you can't read. If you're already reading something else, that's understandable. But uh, if you don't read, get this book. Let it be the start. Let it absolutely change your life like it did mine. I will say one of the biggest life-changing events. There's been a couple really large life-changing events. Um, This book, reading this book and understanding this book was one of them. Absolutely, completely turned my mindset around. It will be probably my favorite book for a while just as far as the amount of punch that it packs um, to, to helping you create a better life. If you implement these tactics uh, in every step of your life, you will be a better person, 100%. So today I reached out to my buddy, Bret Hart. You all know him and love him. I absolutely love that dude. Reached out to him. He and I talk frequently. And I said, hey, man, this is going to be the last episode of Leadership Strategy and Tactics, at least the last planned episode. I'm sure I'll throw a couple in occasionally. What do you think I ought to do? And he thought about it for a little bit, and he said, man, what about because I said so? And I said, what? This wasn't even a topic I remembered. Um, I wish I would have because uh, it would have really benefited me over the past six months. But um, he said, what about because I said so? So that's what we're going to go over today. Uh, on Brett's recommendation, he really loves this part. After I read it, I couldn't agree more with him that it is one of the best parts in the book. And uh, I'll go ahead and jump into it. This is going to be uh, on page 264 of Leadership Strategy and Tactics, Because I Said So. Because I said so, parents sometimes shout at their children. Clean your room because I said so. Be home by 10 o'clock because I said so. Do the dishes because I said so. Wear a helmet while you're riding your skateboard because I said so. If you are a parent who uses such language, you might eventually use it with your employees or subordinates if you aren't careful, and you will be wrong. In fact, you are even wrong to use this language with your children. Let's take the skateboard for example. I live by the beach in Southern California where skateboarding is enormously popular. The tricks and stunts are almost unbelievable to watch and can be dangerous, with the biggest danger being smacking your head on the on the pavement. So wearing a helmet is a good idea. If you were to tell a child, wear a helmet because I said so, what are the chances of this being effective? Sure, if you are standing there watching her, imposing the rule on her, she will wear the helmet. But what about when she is a couple of years older and she is skateboarding on her own with her friends? What are the chances that she will listen to you then? It won't take long for her to realize that helmets are uncomfortable. They're hot, they are somewhat cumbersome, and most importantly, they aren't cool. So as soon as the child is out of your sight, she removes her helmet. Because I said so doesn't carry any weight when I'm not around. But what if, instead of just telling your daughter because I said so, you explain why you wanted her to wear a helmet? If you explain to her the dangers of falling off her skateboard and hitting her head. And what if you actually took her up to a hospital, showed her another kid who had fallen off of his skateboard, hit his head, and was now lying in bed with severe brain damage, unable to walk, talk, or feed himself? 
What if you took your daughter to a graveyard and showed her the grave of a 10 or 11 year old boy who had died from falling off a skateboard and hitting his head? Would that leave an impression? Absolutely. Your daughter would be much more likely to wear a helmet and even tell her friends to wear helmets. The difference is actually explaining why, why it is important for her to do what you were asking her to do. Because I said so is clearly not the best way to get someone to do what you want them to do. And it is not a good way to lead. That might seem obvious. But because I said so gets used in so many forms. It's just my call. This is my project or I outrank you. All of these are just another form of because I said so. And they are all about the equivalent in terms in terms of their leadership effectiveness. That is to say, not very effective at all. None of those statements will get your subordinates to put forth their best effort to accomplish the mission. They will simply be carrying out orders and will not ex- execute with any real enthusiasm or tenacity because they don't really understand why they are doing what they are doing. Don't lead like that. Instead, explain to your subordinates why they are doing something. Explain why it is done a certain way. Give them the reason to give them the reason why a task, maneuver, or procedure is important and how it not only affects the team, the company, and the mission, but also how it affects them. There is another important reason why not to, oh, there is another important reason not to say because I said so, and that is because you might be wrong. If one of your subordinates asks why you are asking them to do something a certain way, and the only reason you can give is because I said so, this is an indicator that you don't know the reason why. And if you don't know why you are doing something, then why are you doing it? I was working with a tech hardware company that was trying to get their first major project launched. Like many launched, like many other young companies, they were understaffed and undermanned, but they had a job to do. I was explaining to a large group of engineers and the executive team, including the CEO, how important it is to understand why you are doing what you're doing. I told the frontline engineers that if they didn't understand why they were doing what they were doing, they needed to ask their supervisor. One of the engineers asked, what if my supervisor doesn't know? I replied, then ask your supervisor's supervisor. And what if they don't know? Then ask the next one up and the next one and then the next one. Then I looked at the CEO and said, as the CEO of this company trying to deliver this piece of equipment to market, do you want anyone in this organization working on something if not one single person on the team can explain why it is important? Absolutely not, the CEO responded. Absolutely not. With the amount of work needed to make this launch happen, we need every single person working on critical tasks. If no one in your chain of command can explain why something is important to the execution of the mission, then I don't want you doing it. So explaining why not only ensures the frontline troops can execute with understanding, it is also a way of ensuring the frontline troops aren't wasting time and resources on things that don't matter. And because I said so defeats all that benefit. Oh, and because I said so defeats all that benefit. So if if you find yourself saying, because I said so, stop, assess, and give your subordinates and yourself a reason why. Sorry, guys, that's that's rough. I, trust me, I read out loud all the time, and I still don't do it very well on a mic, so I appreciate y'all hanging, hanging with me through all that. Basically, I, I think you got the gist. I think I covered everything that I messed up. <laughs> but um, what he's saying here is that because I said so is a really shitty excuse. <laughs> it's an incredibly shitty excuse. And we all know, we we all have those circumstances to where somebody has just decreed an order from on high and said, this is what you're going to do because I said so. And they refuse to explain it. And even when getting questioned, they get upset. So this is something that I, obviously like all parents, uh, my parents would do occasionally, but they also did the opposite in really good 
really good. Uh, they, they, they did it really well. So for example, drinking and driving. Um, I didn't drink until, let's see, I think my first sip of alcohol was maybe on a spring break trip. Um, and we had somebody that was 21 with us, I believe. So it wasn't even like we were all underage. Um, I was maybe 19, I think. Maybe I was 18. I don't know. I had one sip, didn't like it, wasn't for me. I took it just because we were all drinking. And uh, I was out of high school. I was into college. Uh, yeah, had a good job. I mean, it really wasn't a big deal. And we were staying at home that night. But I never drank in high school. And, uh, I wouldn't say it cost me anything because I don't think any, <laughs> I don't think any of relationships would have been bettered by drinking, but I didn't get to go to all the parties, didn't get to have all the fun. Uh, I, I did go to a few of them that I was invited to, but mostly I wasn't invited because I knew I didn't drink. But the reason I didn't drink, and especially I still don't drink and drive, almost never. Like, I, I, I mean, never, and I despise it. And uh, when people drink and drive from my house, that's a good way to never get back invited to my house is to come to my house, get slobbered drunk or, you know, and we try not to let you leave like that. But I have had a few people that I didn't catch how drunk they were before they walked out the door. And it sucks. I mean, it really sucks because you know that they're going off in a bad situation and, uh, it, it eats at me. And the reason that I was built like that and raised like that is because my dad, uh, had a friend who I guess hit like a milk truck or some kind of tanker, uh, because he was drunk driving and it just absolutely killed him. It was my dad's best friend. And, uh, it really sucked. Uh, and I could tell that it sucked from my dad and he explained why we don't drink and drive and why we don't take alcohol for granted. And my parents never did. Um, on the backside of this, we'll talk about why, because I said so is so important, but you also have to be the example. And of course, Jocko talks about that in this book and I'm taking one section out of context of the rest of the book, but <clears throat> also, you, you really have to be an example. You can't tell your kids not to drink and drive, and then you drink and drive, or tell your kids to be careful with alcohol, and then you're getting slobber drunk every other week. So that's another note to add on to, because I said so, is that you also have to live what you're saying. Uh, not just explain the why, but live the why. But anyway, um, that's why I never drank, and like I, I still... Um, if I get anywhere close, I always make sure I have a ride or I have DL and come get me. Or if I know that I'm going somewhere, uh, that I, um, will probably either drink quite a bit and I don't have a ride. I just don't drink. I just won't drink anything. Um, if I'm going where there's some peer pressure and, uh, it seems like it's going to be a fun time and I'll probably want to drink a little bit too much. And I know I'll have that temptation to get tipsy and, oh, just, you know, get sober or, uh, you know, sober up and drink a lot of water and then drive home. No, I won't do it. Uh, I just won't even drink. I won't even touch the alcohol. It's easier for me to stay completely away from it than it is to get, you know, four or five twisted teas deep and then try to decide whether I'm good to drive or not. No, absolutely won't. And it's because I was explained the, because I said so. And, and a lot of kids weren't given that, uh, a lot of kids that I grew up with, at least it seemed like weren't given the, because I said so, or I don't know how they could ignore it. Let me, let me put it that way. Um, or their parents did it. They watched their parents go out, drink five or six beers at dinner and then drive home. And, uh, so they're willing to do that and I won't, I won't do it. So that was one thing that my parents really got right. One thing that my parents <laughs> could have done better on, uh, that I wish they probably would have done a little bit better on, uh, in hindsight, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. I understand this, but, uh, let's talk about cleaning your room. I never, which, I mean, I came to find out that I was not the worst out of anybody. Let me put it that way. Like, uh, I guess a lot of people, especially a lot of dudes just have dirty rooms, like it, not dirty, but cluttered. Um, and mine would probably get to the point of dirty if we're being honest, but, 
Um, it, it just wasn't good. And my parents always, you know, clean your room because I said so. Clean your room because I said so. Well, uh, because I said so. Uh, their room wasn't exactly the most uncluttered room in the in the in the house. The garage was kind of packed. Uh, everything else was kind of packed, so they weren't exactly living by example. And this is not to knock on them. This is just a perfect example in my life of why because I said so didn't really work. Um, and if mom, dad, if you're listening to this, don't take this the wrong way, but, uh, they never really explain why. Well, because having a clean room, um, teaches discipline and discipline equals freedom. And they never explained to me like, Oh, well, when you want to have girls over eventually, it's important to have a, you know, a clean room. They never said that, Oh, you know, uh, keeping a clean room is going to go into, uh, when you have a house and you want to keep your house clean and you want to have pride in your house. Like it was never laid out like that, uh, specifically, at least not well enough that I remember. Um, and that's another key, that's another key, uh, thing too, is you may think that you're explaining yourself, but, uh, there's two options here and let's go ahead and get into the option theory. And I may be rambling a little bit, but, uh, I, I kind of got this from Jocko. I don't know that he explicitly explains it, but it's implied that when something isn't happening that you want to happen or something isn't going your way, uh, this is part of taking ownership is that there's only a couple options and let's take your, your kid, for example, um, let's say your kid stays out past curfew, uh, a little bit. He takes his girlfriend out, stays out past curfew. Um, what are your options? And and you're, you're upset. You're pissed that he stayed out past curfew. He shouldn't have done that. Um, he knows that his curfew was at 12. Um, what are your options here? Well, either option a, your kid is such a jackass, um, and so rebellious that he looked you straight in your face, said, I know that your, your rules were, uh, to be home by 12. And, uh, I know what the consequences of that were and fuck you. I'm not going to be home until, you know, 1230. That's an option. Uh, the vast majority of parents, I don't think that that's an option. I don't think that that's the correct option. I think if you've got a good enough kid to where you're willing to give him a, a you know a curfew of twelve thirty or whatever, um, twelve o'clock, uh, I I don't think that's that's definitely not the first option. Here's the other option: uh, your kid is such a moron that he just uh, didn't realize what time it was. Uh, thought it was like ten thirty, and he rolled in at twelve o two after driving ninety miles an hour or 1230 and, uh, just didn't even realize it. Um, this actually happened to me because of time change. Once my watch was off uh, and I had my phone off. So that is an option that your kid's just a moron. Um, and you told him to be home by eight and he didn't get home till nine. That actually did happen to me one time we were playing basketball and I had an actual watch and the time had just changed. And, uh, I, I was looking at my watch and not my phone. I set my phone, uh, on the side and then I got home at like, nine o'clock exact. And they were like, where in the hell have you been? So anyway, that's an option that your kid's just too dumb to realize what actual time it is. Or there's another option. There's a third option. Uh, the option is that you clearly didn't explain to your child why it was so important for him to be home at midnight. And you did not explain the consequences that were going to happen if he was not home at midnight. He was not fully aware why it was so important for you uh, or why it was so important to you that you know where he's at at midnight. Okay, let's not even say it being home. You didn't explain to him why it was so important for him to know uh, that, or for you to know where he was at at midnight. Why, why this hour is it so important for you to know where he's at? And what are the consequences of him not being and you know being home at midnight or letting you know where he's at at midnight? 
that's option three is that you failed uh, that you did not explain it well enough, that you did not make sure he knew what was going to happen if he wasn't home by 12. You didn't make sure he knew why it was so important that he was home by 12, and you weren't able to put it in a fashion that he actually understood it and was willing to accept your rules. That is the option that is <laughs> most likely the problem uh, almost every single time. Most likely the problem. And to relate that back to because I said so, a lot of people will think, oh, well, I've explained it 30 times and they're just not going to get it. Well, you haven't explained well enough. Either the person that you're dealing with is one of the very few people that just absolutely won't listen, absolutely won't take any advice from you, um, absolutely won't listen to any of your rules. Option two, they're just so fucking dumb that they're not going to do it and they don't understand. And uh, you just have to tell them to go and put A in B. Uh, you'll put the square in the square hole. Uh, they're just that fucking dumb that you've got to just tell them to do it because you said so or option three you haven't explained it well enough that is the most likely option and if we're in uh in the mode of taking ownership that is the only option is that you have not explained it well enough and that you have not your done, done your job you have not done your job correctly to educate and motivate this person that you're trying to influence enough that is the option. So we can apply this to anything that we deal with. I apply it all the time. When I get home and I'm upset with my wife, I go through my options. Um, <laughs> so this started as because I said so, and it got into my my option theory. My, my option, uh, I don't even know what to call it. It's kind of my MO, but... Uh, when I get home and I'm upset with my wife, and she's done something or said something, um, and here's the deal either so let's say for example um i needed her to do some things and she slept all afternoon so i get home and i'm upset because she slept all afternoon i woke up earlier than you know than she did she only worked eight hours a day i worked 10 whatever the case it is um and she slept all afternoon and i needed her to do this stuff and i thought i told her about it three days ago and she didn't get it done Okay, well, what are your options? Either your wife is so rebellious that she literally and, and hates you so much or whatever, resents you to the point to where she said, oh, he needs this stuff done. Instead of doing this stuff for him, I'm just going to sleep. Fuck that. I'm just, you know, I'm just going to sleep. Uh, it's more important for me to have an afternoon nap than it is for me to get my husband's stuff done that he needs me to do. That's option one. That may be the case sometimes. Here's your option two. Your option two is that your wife just completely forgot about it. Um... Well, I wouldn't even say that's option two. Your Option two is that your wife just doesn't even understand what you want her to get done. That She just has no clue. She's just dumb. She doesn't know. That's not an option. Uh, option three is that you clearly did not make it clear enough what you needed done, when you needed it done by, and why you needed her help doing it. Uh, that's most likely the option. That's going to be the option that you picked. And let me tell you, go try to pull because I said so with your wife. It'll only work for so long. Um, yeah, go try that. I can imagine some of you that I know that have wives trying this out. Go do that. Go say, because I said so. No. So we're going to go with option three. Option three is that I didn't clearly communicate what I needed done, why I needed it done so bad, and why I needed her to help me do it, and when I needed it done. Um, I didn't communicate those things. This happens all the time, especially in corporate America. I cannot think of how many times, God, God, <laughs> just every, every day even still, I encounter this of, well, because I said so. Because I said so. Well, because. Because I said so. Okay, I get it, dude. 
I understand that this is because you said so, but it doesn't make any sense. Make it make sense to me because I feel like I'm wasting time. Now, on my end, if you're receiving because I said so, if you're receiving that, you just go do it. You just go do what they're asking you to do. Yeah, I get that. But the point is that they're losing leadership capital. They lose leadership capital when they just decree on high because I said so. Because it, what, it, what it means is that you don't think that they really know what they're talking about because they refuse to explain it to you. Or they think that you're so below what they're trying to decide. That they, they think that your, your status is so below them that you're not worthy of an explanation. That they're the grandmaster doing whatever the fuck they want to do, playing this game, and you're just a pawn in this game, and that they're not, it's not worth explaining to you why you're doing this. Um, that's what it feels like. That's why you lose leadership capital when you use because I said so. So don't use it. And it, and it can look, <laughs> it can look, uh, so differently every time. It doesn't have to just be because I said so. And he mentions that. He says, um, I outrank you. This is my project. It's my call. Um, yeah, those are all good ones too. It can also look like this. I have a plan. Don't worry about it. I have a plan. Don't worry about it. It's not your problem. I have a plan. Just trust me. Just trust me. Think about that one. Uh, that is also a form of because I said so. You don't have to pull rank um, to use because I said so. It can also be something like, well, just trust me. Just trust me. Or, yeah, I don't really need you to ask a lot of questions right now. Um, I just need you to go and do this because I have a plan. Tell me how many fucking times I've heard that. And I know one listener in particular that is going to laugh her ass off when she hears that. Um, yeah, tell me how many times I've heard that. Well, I've got a plan. Just, you don't need to ask this many questions. Um, I know what I'm doing. Or, yeah, I, I've got it under control. I've got it under control. Just do what I'm asking you to do. No, it's not sufficient. It's not sufficient because you don't understand and you're not up to being questioned on your plan. That means your plan is not good enough. And it means that you've lost the argument, just like Jocko says. So guys, I cannot stress this enough. Don't use because I'm said so. Don't use it with your kids. Now, I understand that there may be a point where <laughs> you're explaining to your three-year-old why he shouldn't throw something and you can give him all the philosophical reasons as to why it's not good to be an asshole and uh, even at the age of three that you can't be an asshole and he may just not understand and you may have to whoop his little butt. I get that. I understand. Um, but you need to make a continuous concerted effort to always explain the reasons why, especially as your kids get older. Don't give up and just start giving them the because I said so, especially at the teenager age, especially at the teenager age. Follow up without using because I said so. Live the example. Live the example. Do the things that you're telling them to do. Uh, the other one that I hate is do as I say, not as I do. Worst fucking phrase on the face of the planet. Worst phrase on the, on the face of the planet. On the face of the planet. Don't ever use it. Don't ever use it. If you if you find yourself using it, you're an asshole. Fix it. Um, I've I don't know. I, <laughs> I I was gonna say that I've used it before, but I honestly don't know that I can say that I have because I hate it so much. Um, I don't know that I've ever said do as I say, not as I do, um, because I hate it so much. Don't use it. It makes you an asshole. Don't use because I said so. It makes you an asshole. Okay, you lose leadership capital. Explain why explain why. And if your subordinates aren't getting it, it is your fault. Take ownership of it. Okay. You have these options. Either they're, they're just dicks and they refuse to do whatever you tell them to do. Um, which is still your fault, by the way, 
which is still your fault. It's because you haven't created a relationship enough. But I'm trying to describe the dynamic here. If you haven't created a good enough relationship, they're going to be dicks and just not do what you want to do. So it's still your fault. Um, instead of giving them because I said so, try to create a better relationship. Try that out for size. Um, but your options, you know, either they're just too dumb to understand it, either they're just too rebellious and want to give you the middle finger and not do what you're asking them to do. Or three, the most likely option like 100% of the time is that you haven't explained it well enough. You haven't related to them well enough why they need to do this. You haven't given them enough reasons for them to actually be invested in your solution. Okay. Do better, get better, stop using because I said so. Tune in guys on Sunday. I think it's going to be another solo episode on Sunday. Um, I wasn't able to get a guest scheduled this week. Uh, if you want to be on the podcast, hit me up, you know, um, let me know what you've got to say. Let me know what you've got to talk about. If you think you have something to offer, uh, let's get it. Let's get it dialed up. I need to get some more guests on. I've been able to get some heavy hitting guests for y'all the past few weeks. And I really, really like that. These guys are, are guys with a good amount of influence and people that have seen things and people that are doing things. I really, really enjoy it. And I think I've got some more coming up for y'all that you're really going to like. And I, I'm, I'm busting my ass trying to get uh, content out to y'all, trying to get this book club going. I am really, really trying to reach out to people that I think that y'all would really enjoy. People that you might not have heard of. Uh, people that you might not hear from often that you wouldn't think would do a podcast like this. I'm trying to get them on the on the show. I'm trying to get them uh, to where they'll, they'll give you their the words of wisdom. Come on in here and talk about what they're doing. Share their purpose and uh let us know what they think. I'm trying to get that hap- uh, trying to get that to happen, but we're going through some growing pains right now, and I really appreciate it. One good thing I'm really excited for is I think I'm finally going to get my studio set up with some acoustics. That way, you don't have to hear the echo. <laughs> Hopefully, you don't have to hear me breathing and the popping and all that stuff. So, um, I'm looking really, really forward to all that, and I can't do it without your support. Uh, if you have Instagram, I've never really done much of this, but. Uh, if you have Instagram, go go like me on Instagram or follow or whatever the fuck you do on the Instagrams. Um, just go give me a follow, give me a shout. If you like what I'm doing, share it. Um, that's the best way that you can help me right now is to share what you're do- what I'm doing. Um, send it to people. If you've got somebody who's relatively influential and you think would be good on the podcast, send it and say, hey man, I'd really like to hear you on this. It would be awesome. It would really, really help me out. So guys, I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. The next episode of the book club is going to be on med- on meditations. I'm super excited for this. Uh, I I hope I do it justice. Um, I'm not going to dive too deep into the stoicism of it all. Um, I may go over a little bit about what stoicism is, but really I want to read it I want to offer you, let me put it this way. I want to give you what I got out of it being a first time reader. So like, I want to give you a little bit more in depth of what I think the book is, but I'm not here to dive into stoicism. I'm here to dive into as somebody that doesn't know a lot about stoicism, as somebody who just thought it was a good book, what did I get out of it? What are the positive things that I saw from it? And uh, what can I relay to you uh, to think deeper about as you read meditation? So that's what it's going to kind of be. And I really appreciate your support, guys. Thanks for uh, coming back and listening. Keep going. Thank you. Appreciate it.